0: Welcome to the Citizens Report, formerly the CEC Report. I'm Robert Barwick, and I'm joined today by CEC leader Craig Isherwood. Welcome, Craig. Yeah, thanks, Robbie. Um, I should add, it's the 1st of November, and that means, Craig, we've got two weeks to go to get submissions into the cash ban. We're going to talk about that quite a bit. Um, but also, people would have noticed that I've said, we've called this the Citizens Report. This will be the new name of the show going forward. But we are in transition. So just, um, you know, we'll, we'll update all the all the labelling, etc. Yeah, uh, in I'm, I'm the leader
1: of the Citizens Party now, Robbie, not the CEC.
0: That's true. <laughs> it's founder and leader of the Citizens Party, Craig Ishwood. All right. First, this is the economic fight of our lives. Second, how safe are Australia's banks? Bob Catter's bill will find out. So first, this is the economic fight of our lives. Um, what we're going to discuss today, we'll get into very specifics, but we want to provide a context first. And the context is this. Here's the question for the audience to ask themselves. What sort of financial system do we need? Do we need one that serves the people and the real economy, or do we have one that do we need one that feeds off people and serves only an elite few? And which one do we have
1: now? Well, the latter, Robbie. But it's a pretty, uh, pretty obvious question, but it's not actually a very easy one for most people to understand because for the last 40 years, people have only known economic rationalism, privatisation, yeah. you know, which the wholesale sell-off of assets. And they, they, there's a whole generation of economists who have no idea that there's actually a solution to this.
0: Now, that's true. What we have, though, now is a, is a window of opportunity because the current system, the one that, is, that feeds off people, mm. um, is breaking down. It's breaking down all over the world. And I'll, I'll get into some specifics, but also I just want to point out the things that we won't cover. Is just look at the, the uproar, the, 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 the protests that are breaking oh, yeah. out mm. all, literally all over the world, in Lebanon in um, uh, Chile, uh, in Ecuador, right, in France. Uh, even in Hong Kong, we've, we've said some. One of the things I will say about the Hong Kong protests is Hong Kong is the one area of China where the populi- where the standard of living hasn't uh, materially improved, right, because they're just one sort of economy which is basically dominated by financial services mm. in a bubble, right, mm. and th- and it's that kind of uh, pain and, and uh, economic... Uh, stress that drives the kind of anger that drives people to the streets. I mean, this is a phenomenon around the world because the system is, is um, breaking down. We are in the economic fight of our lives to change it. Here's the other things you should know that's just happened now, though, because this, what, what we're looking at, Craig, means a, a new financial crisis, as we've been warning for a long time, could erupt any time. The latest is the United States Federal Reserve has just lowered interest rates. Right Now, this is the, this is the central bank that was proudly... Um, uh, changing QE and getting out of that and, and trying to unwind all that and we're going to start raising, normalising interest rates, etc. They pushed it a bit and the reaction is so extreme that they're quickly unravelling, right? Mm-hmm. So they've lowered interest rates again. They're saying this is probably the last one for the year, who knows? Most importantly, when, when Jerome Powell, the head of the Fed, said this yesterday, he announced that um, the Fed, is, it will also this it extend this overnight repo injections where they're putting... 120 billion dollars a night into the overnight lending market. They're going to extend that to daytime as well. They're calling it daylight overdrafts. Yeah. Right? These the the U.S. Fed has the New York banks on a permanent drip of liquidity, such as the crisis that they're in. Um, here's some other facts about the big Wall Street banks. They've stopped lending to hedge funds, which is really significant because the hedge funds do a lot of the the um, the the the, the, the high, highly profitable gambling that pads the banks. Um, books, right? Mm. They've not, not only have they stopped lending to them, $77 billion has been withdrawn from US hedge funds this year, $30 billion just in the last quarter, right? So there's, there's, there's a serious issue going on there. We just received word, Craig, that the big banks on Wall Street have been, everyone is probably familiar how the, the US corporations and banks have been buying back their own shares. The big banks on Wall Street have been using their depositors' funds. To buy back their shares. That's that, that, in other words,
1: they're propping their share price up, which is artificial. Yeah. I mean, this it creates a demand for the shares. Yep. Which is artificial. I mean, it's incredible.
0: And on the Glass-Steagall principle, this shouldn't be allowed. No, no way. You, you don't. You do not use depositors' funds for this. <clears throat> the depositors' funds are only for normal banking. Um, J.P. Morgan is one. Is for instance, has purchased back seventy billion dollars of its own stock in the in the recent period. More than seventy billion dollars.
1: Um, no, that's not from their profits, Robbie. That's from their depositors' funds. From their depositors. It's one thing to buy back shares if you're actually making a profit, because you know, that's, a lot of companies do that. But from uh, depositors' funds?
0: And, of course, like, like Australia, the, the, the Wall Street banks, the, the big five or six, almost all America's deposits are concentrated in them. Yeah. Right? And so the, the, the risks are very concentrated. Um, in Australian news, Craig, uh, the, the, the monthly figure for credit growth to housing Right, has again fallen to an all-time low in September. Right, It's now at 3.1%. A few months ago, this was over 4%. In, up until the 2008 crash, it got to 12%. Mm-hmm. Um, when they've been able to revive the bubble twice since then, it got over 8% each time. Mm-hmm. This is In this year... That They've been hype, trying to hype up the bubble again, and right, and they're claiming house prices are rising, but John Adams and Martin North did a very important show questioning the data on house prices rising, because it is fake data. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they're trying to hype people into the market, hoping they can lure them in. Josh Frydenberg wants a 10% rise in property prices, but if banks do not grow their lending to housing, it can't happen. Sure. Right?
1: Robbie, as uh, John Adams has made the point in some of the, the tours and lectures he's been given, there's a huge number of people in, involved in the construction industry. 300,000 yeah. people could lose their jobs in, in the immediate period from a downturn in the construction industry. That would set off a, cha- a, a tsunami effect in terms of the overall economy. And that's why you know, they're desperate to try and get people to buy new homes, to sell new real estate, to make sure that the housing market stays propped up.
0: Well, we need... So, there's, there's some predicates just to, to give you the latest state of the system. We need policies to clean up the mess, not to band aid over things and kick the can down the road. Actually, clean up the mess and make the system work properly so that it serves people in the real economy, like I said. So, let's just go through what we propose, Craig, briefly, and then because I want to provide this as context for a real final push on the cash ban. First, Glass Steagall. What
1: does it do? Well, it breaks up the banks, Robbie. It separates out the necessary banking that we have, which is boring banking, giving loans to people, taking in deposits that are secured, uh, mortgages, and that sort of thing. Very boring. No insurance companies, no uh, financial advice, no nothing. So you separate that out from all the you know, I say investment banking, merchant banking, all the other all things the that, speculation, are being, that have take been that have been
0: speculation in. away from the real economy. Yeah. The audit of the banks. We'll deal with yeah. that more later, but fundamental, just in general what is what
1: it you, you the banks? It means you shift away from the big four accounting firms that have got vested interests in protecting the banks yeah. and you actually shine a very strong spotlight on what is the liquidity situation of our banks. Are they profitable? They can't. They can't. It's a bit like the cockroaches running under the you know yeah, yeah. run run under the fridge. Well we're gonna take the fridge away. Very Expose good. Expose the very, cockroaches. Very good,
0: take the fridge away. Um, a foreclosure moratorium, which I would add should be applied to the farmers in drought now, too.
1: Well, Robbie, this is, not, you, this is not new legislation because they've had moratorium of certain types in Australian history. You know, various states have had them, particularly during the Depression, to keep people in their farms, in rental properties and so forth. Now, our legislation, which we've written on this, deals with a very important point that... In the the event of a property downturn, a housing crisis, we can't have millions and millions of people or families out on the street. We can't lose our farmers. We've got to protect them, and you can't lose our manufacturing sector, particularly the small businesses. So what we propose is that we'll have a mechanism in law which if a treasurer declares a financial or a natural crisis, at that point this legislation kicks in and there can be no more foreclosures. And then there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a committee put together Uh, an expert committee, then has to decide a couple of things, right? If you've got a crash in housing prices, that affects the liquidity of the banks because the banks have got their assets tied up. But the unique thing about what we're looking at, Robbie, as apart from the other legislation in history, is that you've never had a property bubble the size that we've had that we have to deal with. So we've got some interesting mechanisms that the government of the day is going to have to work out in terms of rewriting mortgages yeah, you know, you know, re- re-evaluating property prices and so forth, and that's
0: and we can't anticipate everything that might no. happen, but we know you, you can you can predict some of the things. And what everything we're talking about is we're we're pre-planning this, right? Yes, you do not wait for a crisis to then think, oh, oh, we didn't know this was going to happen. What are we going to do? So Craig, finally, the big one, um, our big policy, national bank.
1: Well, Robbie, I think I want to refer to this uh, manual that we've got. People can, um, you know, it's available to people call in for it. Um, But it goes through our new legislation for a national bank. Now, we've written legislation back in 1994 for a national bank, which basically controls the private banking system. It goes back to the ideas of Ben Chifley in the 50s, whereby the Commonwealth Bank, for example, controlled and looked at and regulated during the war, particularly the the private banking so the, the credit went into the right places. Now, unfortunately, the Commonwealth Bank was sold off; it was privatised. So we've had to rewrite the legislation, which we've completed, and we've established a new Commonwealth National Credit Bank with the powers to literally control the interests of the people through their their representative government, and uh, to, and and to deal deal move away from this international control that we have yep. through the Bank of International Settlements and so, you know, the various controls from the central banking system.
0: So this becomes the regulator for the banks, but what does it also do? It, it
1: provides credit directly into the productive economy. It supports local councils, scientific and educational development. It supports large-scale infrastructure projects. In other words, look, when we talk about creating credit, we're not talking about quantitative easing printing money. What we're talking about is actually making uh, ideas come true. Like if we want to have a high speed train network in this country, a Com- Commonwealth Bank would create the credit. So at the end of the day, it provides the credit so people can be employed, that minerals, uh, the materials can be bought and so on and so forth. At the end of the day, you've got an asset. You haven't got a debt. You've actually built something. So the credit is incredibly valuable in order to build the future. And that's what's not, not understood about this nature. And, they, you know, people call it, oh, you're printing credit, you're funny money and that sort of thing. No, it's not. This, was, this is a, a principle that, you know, built on Alexander Hamilton. We've, we've,
0: we've taken, our, our policy takes the pre, historical precedents that have worked, yeah. right? And it was the Commonwealth Bank in Australia, especially in World War II, and it was Alexander Hamilton's first bank of the United and States. And
1: this is all based on historical precedents. And as I said, it's all available in this manual that so people can call in. You get a copy of? Because
0: essentially the private, e- even a well-functioning private financial system, um, which is supposed, you know, w- would naturally operate with a profit motive. That's what it does. Um, there are some things in an economy, especially for a nation, and when you think about nation building, that's so long-term, mm. right, that's so visionary, you don't expect the private sector to do that, right? We wouldn't have the Snowy Mountain Scheme if it was left up to the private sector, for instance. Right? No, that's right. And if you want that, you need a, you, the, Here's the, the power that banks have The government should be able to have that same power and a directing influence over it to say, let's make it work for this. And then you can have an economy that's going forward. Um, So in that context, stopping the cash ban is one part of this fight, this economic fight for our lives. But it's a very important part
1: because... Yeah, yeah, Robbie, just to explain in case new viewers have come come in, the government has passed legislation in the lower house to stop people using cash over the amount of $10,000, right? In other words you got legal tender in this country, and the government's saying you can't use it above $10,000. Now, they intend to drop that limit because, you know, the... Yeah, the they've already been lobbied too. Yeah, down to $2,000. And this is there's, there's precedence of, about this And in, more, if they get away in, with in it. In Europe, And you know, so-called the idea is to stop the black economy. Yeah. Well, we know from our research that where there is cash bans in place, the black economy is far, far worse.
0: No, exactly. So let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about what you need to do to fight this in the next two weeks. Welcome back to the CEC report where we're discussing this is the economic fight of our lives. And we're now at the cash ban, which as we said before the break, is one part of the battle, but it's an important battle in the war because of, if we can stop it, um, we're stopping the government from doing the things that are designed to keep propping up a, a, a broken system and we can force them to start changing the system. So there's two weeks, as of today, 1st of November, there's two weeks left to make submissions to the Senate inquiry on this bill that the government's just passed through the House of Representatives. And it's very important, everybody watching this, if you haven't made it your submission, you must, and you're opposed, if you support the bill, then don't make a submission. But I suspect you won't. Do not finish this video and not make a submission. What we're going to go through now is some tips on what you can say, because we a lot, you know, people say, what what should we say? First of all,
1: I was going to say, Rob, before before you go into this, we've got a website, stopthecashban.com. People can. uh, We're about to promote it on the ad. Oh, good.
0: (laughs) Watch this ad we're running on Channel Thirty One here in Melbourne. I'm Robert Barwick from the CEC Report and Citizens Party. We're fighting to stop the Morrison government's plan to ban cash. To fight for your freedom, visit this website and sign the petition. Banning cash has nothing to do with the black market. It's about trapping us in banks so we can't escape bad policies like negative interest rates or bail-in. And they'll know everything we do. The ban starts at transactions over $10,000, but they're already talking 2000 Fight for your privacy and freedom. Sign the petition and call in for more information.
1: Spoken and authorised by Robert Barwick, Citizens Electoral Council, Melbourne.
0: All right, so there you go. There's yep. The ad. The, 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 the website was on that ad, right? Stopthecashban.com.au. Now, here's how you make a submission. Everyone must make a submission. First, put, we'll put up this email. You send your submission to economics.sen at aph.gov.au. Right? Don't worry about doing the upload thing. Just send an, an email. Um, you address it to Senate Standing Committee on Economics... PO Box 6100, Parliament House, Canberra ACT 2600, right? So you just address it to that and then go dear to or to whom it may concern, right? And then write what you want to write, but here's the subjects you should touch on, right? Because it's about the provisions um, in the bill. Civil liberties is an important one, right? Cash is legal tender, as Craig said before the break. You have a right to privacy. You have a right to not use a bank if you wish. And this takes that away. Plus, you don't want the government and the banks to be able to monitor and measure, the word of the guy who recommended this cash ban, monitor and measure everything you do financially. Why should they have the right to do that, right? So civil liberties is something you should write about if you're concerned about, I suspect we all are. Um, Second, the practical benefits of using cash. Power supplies and communications technology is not always reliable. And we've seen that just in the last couple of weeks. Multiple instances, Commonwealth Bank first, and then this week, three banks all went down and people weren't able to use their payment systems, right? They're not always reliable. So that's ridiculous to be able to to, to start pushing people away from that. Um, Instant settlement for cash can also be better for commerce. You know that you've got your payment, right, straight away. And including large amounts of cash. Who are they to say, oh, people don't use large amounts of cash? Some people do. So make that point, especially if that's something that affects you. It's good for a discount. Um, one of my friends, Genevieve Carrier, put on Twitter this week, um, I'll put a, a to put the tweet up. She she spoke to a local petrol station owner, an independent one, who was upset because he's, his suppliers are saying he can only pay, pay them electronically, and he told Genevieve he's been ...forced more and more into the banks and his bank charges have gone through the roof in the last 10 years, right? And people don't like that. They want to be able to avoid it if they can and this is going to start making it um, harder and illegal for for them to do that. Um, The other thing to address, the excuses for the law are false, also as Craig said before the break. Eliminating the black economy is, is one of the excuses. It's a lie and it won't work. Um, As the ad said, our black economy is already small and shrinking, and cash restrictions have not reduced the black economies of European countries. They've made them worse, right? So that's ridiculous. Um, A second excuse, restricting cash won't stop tax evasion because the majority of tax evasion is not done by individuals. It's done by big corporations and big banks using the big four accounting firms. It's a big scam around the world. As Andrew Wilkie said in that speech last week in Parliament that we played um, on the show last week, the government has all the laws it needs to crack down on those things. It doesn't use them. Mm. Coming after, Ignoring the big guys and coming after us is a travesty of um, justice. And then finally, two things to make the point. The real reason is to trap Australians in banks. The IMF has said it in black and white. Your negative interest rates, which all central banks are going to, will not work unless people cannot lo- leave the banks. If they can use cash, they will leave the banks. Um, Bail-in is the same thing. People will get wind of bail-in, they'll pull their money out of the bank, and then bail-in won't work. They have to trap people into banks. And the last point to make is that the government's reassurances are fake because they're not guarantees. And we'll put on the screen, Melissa Harrison of Exposing the Black Economy Report did this refutation. The government produced a fact sheet of of this bill, right? And Melissa, quickly in yellow there, refuted everyone. And the main point is this all the so-called guarantees are not the exemptions are not in the bill they're in the regulations and those regulations can be easily changed whereas the bill can't yep right? That's right so make your submission rewind this if you have to follow those tips and put it in straight away we'll take a break welcome back to the cec report finally how safe are australia's banks Bob Catter's bill, we'll find out. Mm. And the banks, Craig, are about to get enraged because last week, Bob Catter, the member for Kennedy, gave notice that on the 25th of November, he's going to introduce a bill into the parliament directing the Auditor General to conduct a thorough audit of Australia's banks, the big banks, the major banks. Right. Um, This audit, if it happens, will be more effective at cleaning up the banks than anything the, the royal commission did. Yeah, Robbie,
1: I I can't get this image out of my head of cockroaches going out of the fridge because look, you don't know that they're there. You don't yeah, know what they're yeah. doing. Right, they're hidden. Well, when they come out when they come out at night time, right, yeah, they're all over the place. But as soon as you shine a light on them, they scurry back under the fridge. Well, that's what the banks are like. Yeah. They're hiding. They use the royal commission as a as a cover, but we not only intend to shine a light on the cockroaches. But we intend to take the fridge away,
0: and they. Well, that's right because the, the fridge is the big four auditors. Yep. Right. These 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 four firms are cr- criminal, global criminal enterprises, and they cover up crimes all over the world. And one of our concerns for a long time is how truly. What is the true state of Australia's banks? There was a lie told in two thousand and eight that Australia's banks sailed through the GFC unaffected. No. They required all kinds of emergency guarantees. They required money from the US Fed tarp bailout, the, the, the US Congressional tarp bailout, et cetera. And it was all swept, kept hush-hush. You know, if people like us, you could easily find it, but the media never reported it, right? Yeah. Um, and if that was 10 years ago, right, what's the situation now? Because here's the logic behind what this bill does. And and we should say, this, the CEC, we helped draft this bill, right? This is something we've been pushing, and Bob's, Bob Catter is is someone who has actually an instinctive understanding of banks in this area. And I think because he regards banks like he regards crocodiles. Or cockroaches. Or cockroaches. (laughs) But you know how Bob Bob kind of thinks of crocodiles? Well, he takes the same approach to banks. You don't trust them, right? Um, But the, the logic behind it is this. The big four banks in Australia, Craig, enjoy an implicit government guarantee. They get... Funding from overseas on the bait, the people they get a discount. They, they get to pay less interest on their borrowing from overseas because their their creditors know the Australian government will bail them out. Well, then it's up to the government to know what's in their books and what's in their books. We suspect when you look at the derivatives and the explosion in derivatives, when you look at their exposure to the bubble. No banks in the world have come close to the 65% exposure to one asset class like mortgages. None, right? And this is a bubble, and the bubble is is teetering at the moment. Uh, all these things can bring these banks down in a heartbeat, absolutely yep. smash them. And the government must know that. So in the bill, yep. there's audit requirements. Look at the, the, the. So it's not just saying the auditor general should look at audit the banks. It's saying here's what he must look at: the derivatives exposure of the banks, the home loan, and 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 no no auditors would audit normally audit the actual assumptions of the derivatives, right? Yeah. This is what the Auditor General should do. The home loan portfolios of the banks and marking to market the housing values, et cetera. You know, what do the banks really look like? The adequacy of provisions for defaults and delinquencies in the banks, um, loan books. Off-balance sheet liability exposures of the banks and the internal ratings-based model by which the banks um, are able to assess their own risk and say, oh, see, this is all we only need to hold this much capital. When the banks... Find out about this if they haven't already. They will be chewing the rug, as we this say. This
1: is a very strong light, Robbie.
0: Absol- no, very absolutely a light. very strong light. This is part of the battle. Yep. This is another part of the battle that we're talking about, right? This is the war of our lives against t- to fix up this economic system. Yep. We need your help in it. And the first thing you can do is make your submission straight away. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Craig. Tune Thanks. in next Thanks, week buddy. for more.